So I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy. We talking about Twitter. Triple joy. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple joy. You don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Like, it's just, it's just annoying. I somewhat resent that. We mock ourselves. Happy Thanksgiving. If you are listening to this Steelers podcast, then I guess Detroit didn't have enough grit today. <laughs> or you're me. If you're listening to this podcast, you might be Kyle Christ. <laughs> I don't even know what the late Thanksgiving game is this year. I mean, I know Detroit, obviously, and Dallas is one of them, but they haven't been adding the third game, and at this point, I have no idea what it is. I'll be watching Charlie Brown. There you Uh, go. Is there a Thanksgiving Charlie Brown special? I don't even know. I thought there was. It's like the Earth Day one, the one nobody likes. Oh, is there an Earth Day Charlie Brown? It's it's an Earth Day Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. Sorry. It's what Jin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers' social media conversation, even on a Thanksgiving holiday, uh, there's plenty of moaning and groaning Mm -hmm. among Steelers Nation. Mm -hmm. I am Kyle Kreis. I'm here with Greg Benevent. Gobble, gobble. And, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anyone, if you're listening on Thanksgiving Day, um... You know, God bless you. You need it. Right. We're, we're, we're glad to have you, and we're a little sad about it. One thing, that at least there won't be fights uh, around the turkey day table, <laughs> because everyone will be agreeing on one thing. Right. Canada! Right. No one's, no one's sticking up for Canada on the, on the Thanksgiving Day table. <laughs> God bless those who are. If you... <laughs> I want to hear if you got into a fight on Thanksgiving because you defended Mad Canada. You're the type of Steeler fan I want to hear from. <laughs> from whom I want to hear. Let's start with, let's get to the tweets. We'll start with at a kinkambwala, Aditi kinkambwala. Sure. We, we, knew, we knew what they were going to do. They like to do the same plays over and over this is from Bengals, Jermaine Pratt on the Steelers offense. Oh, no. It's not, Canada, it's not, you know, Steeler Nation knew Canada was bad, but now even the opposing players can tell that Canada is bad. What? What? Um, I did kind of like what Tomlin had to say about it. He was just like, yeah, they said that because they won, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. It's it's a great gloat. It's uh, one way to uh, uh, show up the other team. It's very good trash talking. I, 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 I did want to circle back to what you said a second ago, though. If you're the one standing up for Canada at the Thanksgiving Day table, I mean, if you want to pick a fight with your family members, that's a great way to do it. Like, take the pro-Canada stance and just see what happens. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm taking a pro-Canada stance. I'm not. It's not that I'm taking – I'm not taking a, we go to four who no. I'm just saying whatever – Tomlin and Rooney decide, you know, it's I, I I'm on the side of execution over mm-hmm. coaching, at least this season. Um, and it's not, I, you know, it's like, hey, if we decide to keep Canada around. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'll buy I'll buy my Canada jersey. If <laughs> if, uh, if we move on and we bring on, uh, you know, offensive coordinator Devlin Hodges, then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on for that, too. I don't you know, I, I, I hear you. I am slowly sliding towards blaming everyone to varying degrees uh, for for. Uh, 
uh, at least this past week and possibly the rest of the season. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I just wanted to see improvement for this season. And uh, I don't know if I've seen enough of it yet, but there are still seven games. Well, you know, it's I mean, it's what, it, what I come back to is, uh, you know, it's hard to have improvement when you had one of the maybe top two best quarterbacks ever to play the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that was Ben Roethlisberger. And mm-hmm. that's just, we're never going to be able to replace that. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not saying Kenny won't be, you know, a 10 year starter or, you know, or I won't say he won't even finish the season, but mm-hmm. um, he's certainly not going to be the best all time quarterback in the fourth quarter who was, uh, I'll, I'll argue is Ben Roethlisberger. You can, you could say Tom Brady, you could say Peyton, you could say LA, you could say Montana. I think there was four or five there, you know? Well, the other part of it, I mean, just to because I, I do agree with you just, uh, and the reason I would put Ben over the rest of them in the fourth quarter. And I, I wonder if I said this before, it's just, okay, what happens in the fourth quarter if Brady and Manning get hit? What happens if the line is not great in that fourth quarter? Then their comebacks aren't happening. If the line sucks and, you know, Ben in the fourth could absolutely have done it. That's why. I That's right. He it. just shakes it off. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Oh, no line in the fourth? No problem. <laughs> Shake it off. That's right. He's got fireballs from his hands. Oh, but, you know, but mm-hmm. Ben himself. Oh, is Ben coming, finally coming out against Canada? Mm-hmm. That's what at Blitz Guy OG seems to say oh mm. blitz guy mm-hmm. ben roethlisberger says kenny pickett played a great game but even but even said he thinks the bengals defense started to figure them out even ben roethlisberger is saying this about their offense well let's see what did what did ben say of this is of course from his podcast footballing this here is the the quote that uh the nail in the canada coffin mm-hmm. nope don't want to play it <laughs> Uh, nope, we're, we've been silenced. We've been deplatformed on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Zuckerberg is in, uh, and Elon Musk. No, here's Ben. I thought I thought Kenny played a good game. I really do. Yeah. I what? thought he did some really good things. Uh, he did miss a guy in the second half up the seam for a touchdown. Um, but but you're gonna that's gonna happen. Oh, that happens. You know, you're gonna miss a wide open guy for a touchdown. But that happens. So hey, if Ben is giving, uh, if he's if he's letting Kenny off the hook for that, then I guess fans should too. Well, Ben's missed some open guys for touchdowns too. Okay, okay. So it's, yeah, it's not sure. like it's a big deal, um, in, in the sense of that. But but I just feel like what there's maybe ill timed what plays. Yeah, you know, we got behind the sticks. Whether it was penalties, whether it was plays, whether it was. Um, execution, the play call, like mm-hmm. I, I no. So at, at a list of like four or five things, the last one is the play call. You know, it could be mm-hmm. it could be penalties, it could be execution, it could be anything else. It could be anything. Uh, it could be the play call. I don't know. It doesn't sound like he's castrating Canada there. Well, I'm also intrigued by, it, and I wonder is the specific context of how what he meant by ill-timed plays. Did he mean that in terms of not executing the play or a play that shouldn't have been called then? But uh, yeah, I think he's just saying a, a play that went for ill outcome. Oh, you know? which is exactly. Which, I mean, one more thing that could mean that's he's very listing. Valid. He's listing for. He's listing penalties. He's listing mm-hmm. execution. He's listing play calling. You know, yeah. any anything that could cause a play to not be successful. Yeah, is an ill is an ill. Yeah, and it, time it, play. I, no, it, it's certainly not uh, uh, Ben turning on Canada by any means. It, um, but also, there's, I, I, I mean, I guess this whole narrative about the Bengals defense started to figure out the plays. Okay, so what? That gets back to your point about execution. It, it, it's how many. I, I imagine this is the kind of thing that maybe happens more often than you think. The defense knows what the other pl- uh, plays the offense is going to run, but they can't stop it. 
So, yeah. you know. <laughs> How many t- yeah, exactly. How many times do the Steelers know what play they're going to run? It's and we and get a stop, a third a third and short stop right, or right. a fourth and short stop, you know? It's Everyone like, has the Microsoft Surface at this point. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. The, those are the uh are those even sold on the market? Can I get a Microsoft? I've wondered Surface? about it. They look really cool. They oh, also they do? look like they'd be easy to break. You think yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm an Apple guy. I don't know what I'd do with it, but <laughs> Let's go to uh, at Don Cheed 54, Donnie Football. How often does Matt Canada call a run on second and 10? Can someone track that for me? Well, luckily, at Fanta Skippy, Jeffrey Benedict, he, he did track it. 47 second and 10 so far this season. 31 passes, 16 runs. Well, that's that's hardly, that's highly a pass over run percentage there. Mm-hmm. Now, this week, it was five runs and one pass. And the runs gained 30 yards and one touchdown. Mm-hmm. The pass only gained one yard. So mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, oh, so predictable running on second and long. What's with this Canada offense? Well, it's, it's just... You know, it's it's not a season wide trend. It was just this game, and it was and it was relatively successful. And I guess the other point, the problem here isn't so much that they're with the play they're calling on second and ten, the play that they're executing on second and ten. It's what they called and executed to make it second and ten, and not you know second and less than ten. I mean, it's I I, I mean it, it's frustrating to see them run into a wall on second and ten, and I'd be curious. Uh, what the breakdown of these numbers of the runs were. I feel like there was maybe, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I, I, I can't say, again, it, it, for me, I keep coming back to blame everything and everyone for this game to varying degrees. And like, sure, the play calling on second and 10 maybe wasn't optimal, but uh, nothing else was either. Well, you know, second and 10, um, they're they're probably expecting a pass. And so, hey, you you throw a run in there and look, you we we had a six yard per average on those second and 10 runs. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who can, who can complain about that? Mm-hmm. Um, sets up the third and manageable, which, you know, is, is the, is the name of the game, at least for this offense. Oh God. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see another play that everyone seemed to have it out for. Where is there? Uh, at J round 32, Josh Roundtree from 93.7, the so-called fan. Steelers were down 24-23 with 10-11 left at the 49. We're facing a third and 25. Could have tried to get in field goal range with a pass. Go go deep, hoping to draw a P.I. Instead, a seven-yard run by Najee Harris. A punt and then a 93-yard ensuing drive by the Bengals to ice the game. Some people were acting like this is the turning point, this third and 25. And I, I I remember in the moment, I was like, let's try to get a P.I. I remember you'd said that. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, come on. It's uh, how, how upset are we going to be for a, a third and 25? You know, there's only uh, there's only zero play calls probably in the book for a third and 25. Situation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's I, I, I see Josh's points about, you know, trying to get uh, uh some kind of moderate pass, get seven or eight yards, and then try to kick a deep field goal again with a kicker that you couldn't possibly trust, despite the fact he played an all right game. But again, it's it's the third and 25 play call. Doesn't bother me nearly as much as the fact that they were in the third and 25. Friermuth holds a guy. Uh, then the play, then some kind of 
of mass miscommunication hallucination thing occurs where there is or is not a handoff. Uh, Kenny throws it to George, and yet uh, what's-his-name's downfield, the backup center, because that wasn't the play that was supposed to go. And then, oh, and then uh, uh, Dan Moore doesn't block somebody, which he didn't do for the entire second half. It, even Ramon Foster gave him an F. And, uh, yeah, so by that point, I mean, it's uh, uh, we're, 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 we're shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic there on third and 25. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's uh, a couple drives got into these long positions, you know, these long situations. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's penalties and wasn't always penalties, but it, it, it's, you know, exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. OK, let's get to some of the, some pro. There are some pro Canada takes out mm-hmm. there. At a Saunders underscore PGH, Alan Saunders. What did Canada do wrong exactly? Specifically, I don't think he's been particularly good play caller, but it's not even in the top five reasons they lost this week. What I guess what were the top five reasons? I don't know. I can think of, you know, three and outs in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I can think of in the first half, I can think of a Spillane face mask penalty that extended a drive that maybe wasn't a penalty. Uh, I can think of... A third down drive stalled, pass to Najee, hit him in the hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Those 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 aren't necessarily uh, you know, reasons we lost the game, but right. um, you know, I don't know. Those aren't those aren't those aren't all those aren't on Canada either. No. And and I also wonder to the extent of like if I was going to blame Canada for this game. And I don't even know if this is a thing you can blame an offensive coordinator for uh, 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 not doing what they can to adjust after what was the string was it three three and outs in a row four four three and four three and outs in a row in the second half I don't even know if that's something you can necessarily pin at their feet like okay you weren't able to adjust to whatever the other team's adjustments were because that because again that's gets and I'm sure something we'll address later on is about coaching versus execution in a game like this where again everywhere it's where they were in it yet it still felt like everything went wrong at one time or another yeah, and and you know I'll I'll give them that whole third quarter being because hell, how many games have has there been a whole quarter or a whole half where nothing's happened? So I don't right. mind having a third a whole quarter where you know nothing goes wrong. We put up the best half of the season in mm-hmm. the first half. So how can you say oh Canada this Canada this when? They put up twenty points in the oh, first yeah. half. And the other guys are on scholarship too. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, that's, and people were like, "Oh, adjustment this, adjustment that," and it's like, uh, you still got to catch the balls and make the plays. It wasn't, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's I, I don't know how to how to quantify adjustments. You know, it's like when you see, I can think of a, you know, when uh, when the Steelers defense gives up a bunch of points in the first half, and then in the second half they shut. They shut down the the Dolphins to right. zero points. You could say, oh, well, I, I guess the adjustments. They made adjustments. Right. But- I mean, that that's exactly the assumption. Because it's, again, it's one of, it's an indicator that we, the fan, can see. We're not privy to anything else. It, uh, and that's one the one thing that even the one time one of the rare times I watched the Manning cast where you know the Mannings actually laughed about that they're like there's no halftime adjustments you go you go to the bathroom you come back coach yeah. as we're doing this yeah um exactly know. that's what yeah I'm yeah I believe that mm-hmm. I believe that more than I believe the oh there's no Tomlin didn't make any adjustments once again like oh okay Kenny try passing with your left hand this game right I, you know but, like, I mean by that same token there is something to the effect of they were outscored what 18 to 3 in the second half while the game was in the balance though I mean that's that's I, I, I can't say that's just on the players and that's just on the execution that feels like a complete team-wide meltdown uh, yeah well I mean you know you got uh well we'll get to defense we'll get to mm-hmm. defense mm-hmm. at 
David M. Todd, David Todd, I'll just reiterate, 85 to 90% of the credit or blame in virtually every sport, every time, rests with the players on the field. Sure, coaches impact games, but it's the man in the arena that determines the outcome. Um, he's saying 85 to 90% goes to the players. Is that, I? you know, I'm, I'm, I would say he's maybe 85% right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm willing to go with that uh, thought, but I mean, it's... You know, I, I again with a game like this where so many different things went one way or the other, it's it's I, I can pinpoint. Yeah, you can pinpoint to all of it. It's uh, I'll give eighty-five to ninety percent of the blame on the players too, but I can't say the coaches were blameless for what occurred in that game either when it went awry. I just don't know what you know. I just can't. I mm-hmm. you know you can't. I can't pinpoint with specific right. specificity. I can't say oh Canada called this when they were playing this all day and should have called this. You know I, right. it's like no one no one on our side of the Twitter sphere has that breadth of knowledge. And even that same token, I mean I'm I'm here you know bashing Dan Moore not being able to block Troy Hendrickson. One no one else can either. And two like what was what were they supposed to do? Send over some other player to help him block that guy? I mean that's there's no guarantee that other guy was going to be able to help block him either. Like. Yeah, the, the stuff I saw of Dan Moore was he's literally getting pushed back and he's just, you know, it's like literally trying to push a bus uphill mm-hmm. or something. It's mm-hmm. just the, the the physics don't, you know, the mass times velocity times leverage uh, equals Bengals. Yeah, the robot. Yeah, the laws of robotics just keep going in motion. And it's, yeah, it's like Murphy's Law matches Newton's Law. And that's where how you get... A fourth quarter loss. Um, <laughs> let's move on from Canada. Enough Canada. Okay. Enough, mm-hmm. enough Canada because we've got to blame Austin. What? Wow. <laughs> At Blitzburg. Blitzburg. Starting to think both the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator need to be fired now. Um <laughs> Now that's a Steelers tweet. Yeah. I mean, you know. I'll, I'll follow it up with at Mark Caballi. I think he makes a couple appearances today. Mark yeah. Caballi, uh, quote-unquote insider. Strange flex to blame Pickett, offense, Canada, for a loss in which the defense allowed 37 points without two of the Bengals' best offensive weapons. Uh, and one more on that. At Cam Blurn, Cameron Blackburn, you score 30 and lose, your defense wasn't good enough. Is it that simple? Because the game, it wasn't that... You know, it, it was it was 27-23 in the fourth, and mm-hmm. it wasn't the defense, despite putting up, giving up 27 points, I hate to say it, the defense had done the work. At oh, that yeah, point. no, I, which is exactly what we said at the time. Yeah. Also, I think... I do think all of the above is viable here, too. If you score 30 and lose, your defense wasn't good enough. Okay, well, your offense wasn't either because that 30 wasn't scored while the game was still in flux. Uh, so, I mean, uh, still in doubt. And secondly, uh, I don't know if you car- caught it, but card it, but uh, Carvalho tweeted the uh, 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 he adjusted the Colonel Jessup speech from A Few Good Men to be about uh, providing Steelers coverage. I don't know if you saw that. I meant to say What is that? To- you can't handle the truth? Uh, no, I, I j- earlier in the speech about I just you know i provide steelers coverage in the way in which i provide it i would rather you just went about your day and thank me for what i do i'm messing it up but you remember the scene from the movie now oh i'm i gotta thank corbali for his uh, jack nicholson style of coverage is that <laughs> yeah. what thank you for your service so. insiders yes yes in the guantanamo bay of south water street yeah I, I can't handle i can't handle the uh the ppg truth that's for sure um all right, let's keep going on the defense. How about at Scarpizio Scarps? 
The Steelers are 27th in total offense and 28th in total defense. The former I expected, the latter no way, but here we are heading into week 12. I mean, first off, you know, we didn't have T.J. Watts for mm-hmm. a lot of the season. And uh, even when you got T.J. Watt, it doesn't guarantee, as we saw this week. Um, the defense did great, minus a handful of plays, which made all the difference. I mean, you look at any pass to a running back, um, and that was the Achilles heel. Uh, you know, you could say, well, you could say, two, I guess you could say passes to running backs and T. Higgins. Uh, over Arthur Molette. right? And and I think and I, I think what you're 100 right about that. And too, I think that speaks to what we were just talking about a minute ago. How much of that is execution versus being out coached? Did they call plays specifically to go to these running backs? Did they? Is it were they being out coached when you know the offense was set up in such a way that you got T Higgins on Arthur Mollette, which is you know only a few steps beyond you and I combined trying to cover T Higgins? Like it's so I don't know where that line is drawn but yeah it's now i also think that the 28th and total defense that whole thing about complementary football which i think is part of the reason why i never give let the offense off the hook for this game on sunday was because the offense in many ways has dragged the defense down the defense is better that doesn't mean than the offense that doesn't mean it's good enough as we've seen time and time again even with tj but uh but yeah that's that uh, uh they've been a bit of an anchor on the defense as well you know it's like they could have schemed they could have gone into this game plan saying hey, uh, Millette, number 35, we're going to need you to, you know, he's, he's already been promoted, you know, beyond just a rundown oh, yeah. D-back. He's now an every down D-back. And so they may have schemed and said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have to put you on man in some situations in this game. And you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to play to the best of your ability. I know you're 5'10", mm-hmm. T. Higgins is 6'4", but mm-hmm. you're going to have to go out there and make it happen because that's... What are the other options? Robert Spillane? You know, it's like... Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's... it's. I mean, I guess in this world, are like Levi Wallace and Cam Sutton covering Boyd. I mean, like, it's it's not like they're dealing with Chase. Or uh, uh, I don't even know the name of the tight end. The Zuma? Or, I don't even know if he played. It, um, but I see, but again, this. but look at this conversation we're having. This is still... This is where you can't determine that what was coaching versus execution. Was it the Steelers saying, hey, Mollette, you got to cover this guy? Or the Bengals saying, okay, we're going to make sure Higgins is on Mollette as much as as possible and we're going to make that happen or they're just going to say we're going to go to whoever if we see 35 and man mm-hmm. uh we're going to go to whoever is on that match or because running back on shot- 41 same thing yeah you know, or mm-hmm. just a running back on anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, here. I mean, there there was a lot of uh, Spillane hate. There was at Fred Jones live. Fred Jones. I wonder if Merrill Hodge still thinks Spillane is better than Bush. You know, Spillane <laughs> seems to get uh he seemed to get on the losing end of the hate this week. But I mean, you know, he's He's doing what he's asked to do out there. It's like he can't run man with uh, these receivers. So oh yeah, I mean it's when you, it's, when you it's, as we've said before, when you see Spillane out there, it's a failure of roster construction, not coaching and play calling. I mean Spillane shouldn't have to do these kinds of things. It's uh, Bush can't do them. They haven't found someone else that can. It uh, and I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of the Spillane hate this particular week came from uh, what was the one play where he's there to tackle the running back. Like he's there, like you said, he's there to tackle the running back, and he didn't tackle the running back. I want to say that was one of Perrine touchdowns he just bounced off the guy or didn't catch it was like wait a minute that's the one that you had one job that meme well the reasons in the in why are these linebackers in there uh you know in 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 situations where it might be a passing situation because they need to stop the run the run game has been porous Uh, the run defense has been porous so they need them there for to stop any potential run because the minute that they go 
uh, you know, straight, legit dime or beyond, then they're just going to, I mean, they're going to be running. It's not, um, you know, that part of it isn't rocket science. I, thank you. I agree. Well, no, no, no. The run, the run defense is actually has been better this year. That doesn't mean it's good, but it has been better. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, but again, that, that better they, than last year. I mean, I mean almost you know. have to be. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, didn't, I thought I saw somewhere it was middle of the pack. I could be wrong. But even then, that's not good enough. So yeah, so the point stands. It's, you can't leave this the front four on an island right. and play and play strict zone. You know, mm-hmm. you've got it. That's why the, these linebackers are on the field. That's why Spillane has been in the dime package all season for you know whatnot. He's the he's the you know, I don't know what exactly that role is, but he's you know he's there to stop someone running. Yeah, I saw some of the the some post game I heard was you know was praising Bush a bit and said that Jack didn't have his best game. And truthfully, if there's anyone that maybe earned the right to have the game, what's not their best so far? It's Jack. It's not like they question that man's effort in any way. Whatsoever. If you look at the QB QB rating opponents QB ratings mm-hmm. against our inside linebackers, they're all getting lit up. Whether it's yeah. Bush or Jack or you know, and I bet if I you think go back well, to that had a perfect uh, QB rating against. I thought I saw that was like 158.3 well hey go back in time i you know i'd love to see the qb ratings against a james farrier i mean i you know he got lit up a few times too these inside linebackers Mm -hmm. are in tricky positions so uh i'm not you know i'm not just gonna oh i saw a guy catch a guy on spillane so spillane's gotta go or Mm -hmm. millette millette's been i think millette's having a hell of a year and i'm you know just because he's got some guy six an athlete a world-class athlete with six inches on him uh is making eight he's not supposed to do this job i mean again the fact that millette has to is a failure of roster construction and injuries yeah i'd say it's not a failure it's just mm -hmm. the result of you know things that happened it's like Mm -hmm. it's it's i don't know you know if it was Mike Hilton out there, it would be the, it'd probably be the same result. It's um, Mike Hilton got a penalty on Sunday. I remember that. It, uh, but it's but also they don't. But also, you'll, I mean, it, it probably speaks to what you're saying is they don't get to send Mallette on those blitzes like they did with Hilton. You never see that. It, uh, they just they can't do that with this team like they could with the one with Hilton. Uh, a couple, you know, let's hey some Thanksgiving draft watching <laughs> at Blitzburg, Blitzburg. I'd say offensive tackle and cornerback are the Steelers' biggest need in the 2023 NFL Draft. A lot of needs, though. You know, everyone's trying to figure out what are we going to spend all these great draft picks on. Um, off, I, you know, I'll say it again. Offensive tackle. I don't. I do not think it'll be round one. So why not? What do you? I mean, what, what chases you away from that? Because I think we have uh, two. We have two starters already. So mm. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that there's going to be changes there. I think they'll, you know, sure, if there's a cornerback there, great, yeah, but. Uh, I think, I mean, I, I obviously they don't live in their fears, but, I mean, it's, you want to talk about a meltdown, it's this team drafting a cornerback with the with the highest pick they've had in two decades after how many failures they've had drafting cornerbacks. That would be pretty wild. Well, it, who were the first-round failures? Artie Burns. At, uh, and then there's, like, it's sort of the same thing. You know, when's the last time they drafted a starter? At, at Chad corner? Scott. That was that, yeah, that was, and he had some season. I mean, Chad Scott, like, I totally got drafting him. That dude was, you know, had all the ability, but, uh, was McFadden a second rounder? McFadden was a second rounder. It, um, but I, you know, Gay was a fourth rounder. Um, uh, yeah. And it's, and I'm trying to think Cortez Allen was a fourth rounder. Ike was a fourth rounder, one of the great fourth round picks in history. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to think anyone else that started as a corner for all the ones they drafted. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of the guys. I mean, look at look at Sutton was a third rounder. At um, 
So you know, I would. Hey, so if there is a guy in the in up there in the top ten as a corner, I don't know. Some of these some of these cool first round corners this year seem to be uh, oh, good, sauce right? is incredible. Yeah, I mean, just uh, absolutely. I mean, as as responsible for the Jets' turnaround as anyone. So if you're wondering, at J Round 32, go back to Josh Roundtree. Mm-hmm. Steelers currently in line to have picks eight. 34 and 39 in the NFL. What happened to 71? I thought we were celebrating like 71 last week too. Well, I think they might. St- I think they probably do. It's just th- I think these are the second round picks, the first and second round picks. Though. That's right. Yeah. It. Um. But yeah. But it's. Uh, so that's. It's. Yeah. So I guess 71 would still be day three. But it. Uh, I mean, again, it's still weird to root against the Bears, but it's also something you can uh, root for when the Steelers are losing. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not paying attention. You know, everyone's, oh, yeah, Chase did this with the Bears. I'm not, I'm not even paying attention to that. Like 34, again, this 34 pick uh, better be the best 34 ever because uh, people are, you know, people are so excited to chase, to get rid of Chase and get this draft pick. It better be, it better be a game changing pick. The offense know. has looked a lot better in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it seems like they've been moving the ball down the field with uh, some notable exceptions in the third quarter at the. Uh, Hey, yeah, it was a good first half, you know. Um, better first half than than this show's first half. But in the second half, we will talk about Kenny. We'll talk about those. The we'll adjust. Things. Yeah, I adjust one. <laughs> also, want to talk about the Super Bowl? Not the Super Bowl. The Hall of Fame. Uh, Hall of Fame semifinalists mm-hmm. and. Anything else? Or maybe some AB. I wanted to get to these AB tweets, too. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. All right, we'll see you in the second half. Show me that style, Big Ken. Don't waste it down, just fling it down the sideline. We're nowhere near so the end. Games left. The best is ready to begin. Any day now, as long as we've got Abe's brother, he's got the ball spinning tiny gloves, hands, baby, your KP. We gotta be. The luckiest dreamers with a losing season. As long as you keep on giving, no gives again. We'll justify any picks that come your way, baby. Rain or shine, we'll say you're doing fine. We've got each other, sharing the losses and love. All right, the the lines are getting the, the the dividing line is getting stronger in the sand, deeper in the sand. The 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 the, Ken, the Kenny's roasters or the Kenny's roasties. Mm. That doesn't make sense, but We're close. I, I got it. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let's get to at Mike Up Sports One, Mike Nicastro. Did the Steelers bench Mitch Trubisky too early? (laughs) 
I did see Ben said that he would have, if it was up to him, he would have waited until the bye week for Kenny. Which yeah. I know some people preseason were saying that too, but in the, in the, in the, as the way September went along, I mean, yeah, no, I, I laugh because it's ridiculous. The Steelers season ended when, I mean, any hopes of contention ended when they lost to the Jets. Tomlin had to do what he had to do then. I've was unsure about it now, but I've become far more convinced about it as the season goes on. That was Tomlin's Hail Mary to try and save this team. And it doesn't, and it didn't matter either way. It didn't matter. You know, we could have kept Mitch and we'd probably still be in the same situation we are now. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's, yeah, Mitch probably wins the, the Saints game. It, um, but yeah, it, 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 it yeah, but I, but even then, if Mitch stays in and they, I can't see, there's no world where I see Mitch starting after to buy just the way they talked about it. I mean, I'm sure the plan was not, you know, let's have a terrible start to the season and then put Kenny in when, uh, uh all seemed at its darkest. But, um, but yeah, as a move, uh, Tomlin did not live in his fears on that one. At Blitz underscore Berg, Blitzberg. Is this different than the other Blitzberg? I, there's got to be so many Blitzberg variations <laughs> on Twitter. Sorry, Yins. Patient is running thin with Pickett. <laughs> I mean, what's the uh, what's the other option? We, uh, you know, we're, it's like either Mitch. We can't can't go on to Mace. I guess that's well. What I sort of think of when I see these tweets is that these are these are frustrations with losing a game that seems like it could have been one I mean it's it's this is kind of what you and I were talking about in the first half of the very first game against the Bengals where like you know if you remember the game started everyone's like geez I hope we can keep it close you know if we lose that's all right and then Minka picked off that pass and all that was gone <laughs> then it's we have to win this thing we're contenders we're making this happen and I think you know again I don't know when uh whichever Blitzberg this is sent this tweet but my guess is this was at some point in the third either early in the game or in the third quarter at uh that that would be my guess as to when this was sent because it's you know again we're watching this winnable game uh seemingly winnable game uh slip away um you know i mean tomlin was asked wouldn't you like to see kenny kind of progressing a little bit faster and he said sure football is not a patient man's game how much patience do I mean? Do we have to have with Kenny? I mean, at least the end of the season, right? Oh well, no, and no, you. Oh no, 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 no. You're, the, Kenny is now tied to Tomlin. Their fates are uh, uh, absolutely uh, intertwined. You have the end of next season. It, uh, that's how patient you're going to be with Kenny. You are. It's. It's. And also, Tomlin went on at great length about you know how much improvement he's seen from Pickett and all that kind of thing. I'm. I might be confusing the post game press conference with the Tuesday one when I say that, but Tomlin did reiterate that. But um. But yeah, it. Uh, uh, now Tomlin and Kenny are uh, uh, combined here at the hip for good. Or at least you know could they? I mean they could cut. They could cut after, yeah, after two, I don't know, after two seasons, you know. I think he's going to run the, at least run the contract, if not become an all-time Steeler starter. Oh, but. yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's also, too, because, I mean, it's, it's and this is something I wanted to talk to you for another time, but, I mean, next year's team is going to be so different than this one. I mean, it's, if you see that list of, like, restricted free agents, I mean, they're going to put a whole bunch of different guys around Kenny. So, it, um, so yeah, it, uh but it's but you're right. I do believe they're going to stick with Kenny as long as possible. It um well just because I mean it's, you can look at something like Geno Smith now too. I mean that's kind of that's changed the way I think about a lot of things. Frankly, that one's kind of a revelation to me. And he's not at least in these last two games he's not uh, turning the ball over. He's I mean I, I hate to use the phrase. I mean it's he's been a very competent game manager. 
Yeah. I mean, he really has in these two games. It's, you know, that's that's that that uh, I mean, I don't know if the plan was to make him the last two games, Neil O'Donnell. But I mean, he has been at, uh, with ne- a lot better legs. <laughs> and, and you know, Don, and, and is, I don't know if that's, you know, is that a knock? I don't know. Neil O'Donnell, look at his playoff QB ratings, I think might be better than Ben. At least in, in a his, lot of cases. At least yeah. in, the, in the Super Bowl run, you know, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, obviously, and this is all a little ridiculous because these errors are so, so different. But I mean, but the but Kenny has been a competent game manager. And also, as you and I said, that the game, he outplayed Burrow in the first half. He didn't urinate down his leg, man. Right. It's a great place to begin. Great, right? I get, exactly, you know? Mm-hmm. I say no, that in uh, acting class all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no no pee stains uh, in the pigeon pool. So. There you go. I like that. <laughs> if we ever make t-shirts, we might want to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how about at Pittsburgh Sports Steelers Takeaways? I really want to see it in Pickett. Just a spark of something bigger. Something to be excited about. I haven't seen it yet. Um, if you, if you look at his best throws in the Bengals game, they were definitely varsity level. You know, well, I I mean, I I not to you know besmirch the great name of Pittsburgh sport. But when I say I want to see it and pick it, it's I want to see Ben Roethlisberger. That's yeah. all that is. Particularly <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger of like 2010. It um no, I I I have seen it. In Pickett. I mean, it's, 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 because I mean, the truth is, you know, I, I mean, obviously I just focus on the Steelers and I try not to watch that much football, but you and I have both watched football teams that get like, I don't know why this is an example that always comes to mind for you, but like a Cade McNown or like some dude okay. that's like clearly overwhelmed. And no matter how bad it gets for Pickett or how much of it, he's never truly overwhelmed out there. I've seen enough. My fear with Pickett, and maybe this is me living in my fears, that he would be that. He would be a, 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 a Ryan Leaf, a Rick Meyer-esque, you know, just non-starter disaster. And I, I haven't seen that by any means. Of all the quarterbacks that have played for the Pittsburgh Steelers since Ben Roethlisberger walked in the stadium, there's never been one that's looked half as good as Pickett. You're exactly right. You're right. He's not, you know, I mean, Mitch was going off the back foot. It made him look unconfident, you know. Kenny's in there. Uh, yeah, no no urination. Um, That's not to say Pickett doesn't have giant leaps to take and that this is good enough. That's not at all what I'm saying. But, you know, it's the first guy that's ever walked through that you're like, oh, oh, that might be the next guy. He might have uh, the gabagool. He might have it. It's un, un, undetermined, un, mm-hmm. to be determined. We're not going to find out. N slash a gabagool. You don't serve the gabagool on Thanksgiving, so yeah. not, we won't know until you know. I feel maybe. like I had it once, and it wasn't that good. I feel like after all this, all I get. Well, I get it with the on on my permani. Uh, you oh, you, do you get it with okay. the, on your permani? I get the gabagool on the permani. I, I, I never. did. I mean, no. You know, oh, the, yeah, you can't too many carbs for you over no, there. You, you yeah. know, you know, you know how goofy I eat. Um, well, you know how goofy I eat, so permanis, <laughs> permanis for breakfast. Um, I got permanis shipped to L.A. once, believe it or not. Did you? That's yep. awesome. Dry ice and all. Um, it is a Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very Thanksgiving <laughs> Steelers podcast. Charlie Brown. How about some Kenny supporters? Enough okay. Kenny haters. Mm-hmm. How about? Are there any looking, looking? This Dokish guy. Yeah, at Chris Dokish. Roethlisberger, Chris Dokish. Roethlisberger played 16 games as a rookie. Pickett's passer rating against the Bengals was better than eight of Roethlisberger's 16 rookie games. And Roethlisberger had a much better team around him. Oh, yeah. You know, but 
uh, he was able to win. That's the only difference. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 it's. But I mean, I I, I the idea of that Roethlisberger walking up against you know Brady's Patriots with this team around him is preposterous. I mean that you know imagine what that Brady would have done to this team. <laughs> but um, I also I weird because isn't this Dokish guy? Isn't he a pit writer? I mean, I, oh I, is I, he? I thought I could be wrong. Maybe he used to be. I don't know. I mean, the name seems vaguely familiar. But uh, I mean, it's you know passer rating is always one of those pernicious things to me at um but yeah uh, uh, again i i think pickett is you know enough people smarter than me seem to think that pickett is coming along it uh, obviously it's frustrating we want to win these games but uh yeah it, it, it's hard for me to get too to it it just seems with so many other things are going wrong how am i blaming all this on pickett and and you know what let's give dokish one more word on that because <laughs> i got i got them all over this page here at chris dokish chris uh, the offensive line stinks. The players on the offense are confused. The offensive coordinator stinks. The defense is ranked about 30th in every category. But the problem is the rookie quarterback. You know, that goes back to one of the – there's five things that were wrong with this team before the play calling. And I think you could say there's five things wrong with this team maybe before the rookie quarterback. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, w- I would adjust, you know, and a problem is the rookie quarterback. Like, it's just – it's one more concern on top of everything else with this team. And, and, it's, so. and he hasn't – you know, it's, I don't know. Is there a fine line? He hasn't lost – a game yet you know we certainly haven't we've been down in the fourth against the Dolphins against the Bengals where we have a chance to win in the fourth yeah but he hasn't he hasn't uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I, I mean, it's 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 always been tough for me to blame the Jets' loss on him. I mean, he throws that the pass to Fryermuth that's intercepted. Maybe Fryermuth got his hands on it. Whatever. Okay, but the defense didn't have to give up that long thing to uh, 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 you know the Jets' offense. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 hard again. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. Maybe I'm having too uh, 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 forgiving here, but it's hard for me to blame this on Pickett. I agree with you. I don't think he specifically has been the reason and they've lost a game uh, given everything else that's going on. Yeah, I'm not ready to, you know, I'm not ready to buy the jersey yet. No, he's not going into Canton off it is. Yeah, but, it, um, mm-hmm. but he's not, you know, I'm not putting uh, him, Canada, and Kendrick Green in a in a Kia and sending them off to, you know, Arizona. No, and, and I and I want to piggyback on that because it's just something that just hit me is that I, I guess something I'd been unconsciously thinking this whole time is that, you know, it, it's, it used to be something happened all the time with the Steelers and it's something we're absolutely counting on with Pickett here is that that huge leap that Tomlin talks about in your first offseason with the team. I mean, with with Pickett, that should be even more enormous because now they're catering the entire offense, whether it's Canada or someone else, to him, to his likes, to his needs, to his specificity there. So that 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 I mean, if this is where he is, you know, hey, if they're zero and four next year with Pickett, then it's a whole other conversation. But he should make that leap they talk about, that second year leap or whatever. Then that really could be something. Yeah, I mean, if you look at you know players who've developed TJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Bud Dupree is hard because that was a, that was a little longer than the first two years, yes. maybe. Um, even Alex Highsmith. Uh, that's you know? just what I was about to say. It was Highsmith. You made me tell it. These yeah. high, these high elite picks do develop. You know, mm-hmm. so if we see it with TJ, if we see it with Bud Dupree, you got to hope they can do it with a quarterback too. Right. You know exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, wh- all right. Final thing. Final thing mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can ever find the tweet sound. <laughs> At BT Steel Curtain, BTSC Steelers, is Kenny Pickett the future of the Steelers at cornerback? Not seeing it, 24.6%. Too early, 50.7%. I still believe 
24.7%. So it's pretty split. It's like the 50% in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's too early to tell. But then one out of four say get rid of them. One out of four say they still believe. Well, I mean, it's it's one. Too early is the correct answer. And I'm always a little surprised when, like, the mothership has a poll of people and it comes out with a sensible answer. <laughs> and two, I, I I mean, the not seeing it thing, like, that that kind of makes me laugh because I always think about, like, you know, whenever uh, uh, the hockey playoffs or baseball playoffs start and they always give you that stat about, like, teams that lose game one go off on to lose the, season, the series 60, yeah. 70% of the time. It's like, yeah, because every team that gets swept loses game one. Like, yeah. every team that's real bad loses game one. So, like, it's, you know, oh, it's it, we're not seeing it now. Yeah, well, you might be justified, but you don't know. it. You know, it's it's that always, yeah. So, again, I, I, I thank you to you, the sensible behind the Steel Curtain listener, who is somehow listening to a podcast on Thanksgiving as well. Uh, yeah, it, or, or if you're listening six months from now, I think half of our <laughs> listeners... <laughs> Happy spring break to all of, to the rest of our listeners who come at like have a great St. Patrick's Day from your friends at What Jen's talking about. Oh well, let's see. I think the band is trying to make its way on the field. Is the band trying well, to get have a lot of stuffing and potatoes? I'm sure the band from there it is on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's do a little uh, let's little odds and ends to wrap up the show. We'll start with at Mark Cabali. Mark Cabali, former Steelers wideout Heinz Ward is a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. My belief is that if Andre Reed is in, that Ward should be in. Numbers are almost identical except for Super Bowl win, Super Bowl MVP, and of course Ward's blocking. Um, this is the umpteenth year that Ward has gotten this far, and. Everyone in Steeler Nation thinks it should be a lock. I feel everyone outside of, mm-hmm. from you draw a circle of 50 miles around Pittsburgh, yes. I think everyone outside of that not only thinks that he's probably not elite, but I think some say that he's even dirty, you know? Well, I mean, it's, it's and the dirty's not what's going to keep him out. I no. mean, it's not like he bet on games no, or did no. drugs or something, but I mean, that would absolutely help. I mean, the problem is, and you don't have the tweet here, but it's like the other semi-finalist receivers and it's like Tory Holt uh, uh, I don't know if Reggie Wayne was still on there, but it was some other guy. Like, you know, the problem with Andre Reid getting in is that, and the arg- and I, I would love to see Heinz Ward in, but I mean, the counter argument to Carvalho is that Reid got in before all these other guys became eligible. Like, Anquan Bolden is on there. Yeah. Like, all these guys that, you know, they have much better stats than Heinz. I don't know if they won like Heinz did. Torrey Holt did. I mean, Torrey Holt has to be in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, uh, 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 but there were like five other receivers, too, that was like, oh, yeah, I remember that dude. That dude was good. I, I, I don't have it in front of me but I remember thinking like man it's going to be tough for Heinz to get past those guys because then you know in a few more years well okay some more of these guys that are going to be going in that also have played in these systems with these you know where the OBJ stats, era right yeah, and the yeah. stats are all going to be even more video game than uh, the ones that Tory Holt had and he was amazing and the voters it's not like it's some you know uh, un unbiased. There is a bias because they, they, they're sports writers, right? Yes. So they you know they they have a bias because they only cover their team singularly focused, and then the rest of the league is in the peripherals. So mm-hmm. you know, of course, 
Steeler, you know, Kabali thinks he deserves to go in because that's who mm-hmm. he covers, you know. Um, but I just don't think that these sports writers in other cities are going to see it that way. Well, it's just and it's even and remember, the process is even more weird than that. They go into that room. And if you're the sports writer, and I think it's Lolly at this point, it might be I don't know who it is. Maybe it's not Lolly since he works for the team anymore. It used to be Bouchette. But you go in front of the sports writer from every other team and then you make a case for your player. It's very like show and tell about who you believe gets into the Hall of Fame. It's a bizarre system. And after six years of Heinz Ward, you know, if you can't convince him at this point, what's what's going to change? I, and the only thing is, I think, and I think this is the, I think this is, we saw this with Cower. Cower uh, stayed in the league as a broadcaster, and yeah. you keep fostering and building these relationships mm-hmm. within the the league itself, mm-hmm. and uh, and then that, you know, you're kind of voting for your buddy, your friend now, you're, you know, yeah, and so the more that that there is a political aspect. What's that? I mean, there is a political aspect. I was so the more that Ward yeah. stays in, you know, he's in the XFL now. Right, or he the, like coaches a team. You, you know, the more him. that he stays just a visible. He's visible. not just podcasting, thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not just on headline news anymore. <laughs> well, I think it also, too, I, I, I think, I, no, I agree with you. And I even think, um, I, I think what I said is only for the finalists. Like, I don't think they stand in the room for the semifinalists. So I think you kind of have to play that game. Hey, does Hines beat out these other three or four of those seven receivers just to get to that finalist status? Because I don't think, because I know he's never been a finalist. I feel very confident in saying that. Well, some people, now let's look, you know, the tweet's not on here, but let's talk about Debo. Let's talk about James Harrison. You know, some people are saying he might have a more likely chance than Hines Ward. And I thought for sure that. You know, Harrison is just he's so niche because his his time on top was small. The Terrell Davis of linebackers. Yeah. yeah. Like it's uh, Kurt Warner. I mean, it's he only had a few great years, but man, they were some of the best years anyone ever had. And I I, I wonder about that exact thing. But I, you know, I, I, I was surprised to see that there was a lot more positive sentiment that Harrison gets in. I mean, I would think Harrison of anyone to use the cliche would be like the poster child of the Hall of Very Good. But, <laughs> um, but also too, but I think it's just get to what you were saying about the politics and sticking around and all that. I think even more so than Hines, you know, catching that pass from Ben in Super Bowl 40 I think everyone will always remember you know that frozen in times and moments him uh, running over Steve Preston away from Steve Preston in Tampa Bay and you know he's not I don't see him being the politicking guy like you know you know buddy buddy with the writers and that but no his social media game it's is good. elite yes. that it's it keeps him in the consciousness so mm-hmm. you know like hey uh i don't you know i don't rem- like okay michael strahan's on gma maybe but eh, debo is still lifting weights you know at 44 right. you know mm-hmm. uh so i, I would love i'd be i'd be surprised personally but i would love it to see uh Harrison, and he'd be Hall of Fame before the Hall of Honor? Uh, I mean, I, I'd also like to say, just for what you say, I would love to see Harrison on GMA. That would even be even better. And, I still uh, haven't watched that wrestling show he's on. No, I haven't either. It seems like such a nice premise. Like, And I am uh, I love wrestling shows <laughs> like Glow. I don't. I can't watch the real wrestling anymore. I'm like, ah, this is lame. Can I, is there a show about wrestling? I watch the Vice stuff. Oh, oh there are people watch- pretending to do this pretend thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go on to. Okay, I mean, I, I thought this was more interesting at the time, but mm-hmm. Alex Highsmith get the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Okay, nominee. Sure. Um, I don't know. He seems like a good dude. I mean, it's not that any of them are jerks. Like it's like, oh, we gave it to the sportsmanship to the one guy that wasn't a, a jag off. That's not how it works. Like we we, we got a. Uh, We'll go back to add Jerry Dulac. Jerry Dulac, we got a Mason Rudolph sighting. Steelers Mason Rudolph surprises family of fallen service member with Super Bowl tickets. 
when Rudolph was told he was one of Buriak's favorite players, he joked, for once it wasn't T.J. Watt or Cam Hayward. So this, uh, you know, this guy was in a helicopter accident mm-hmm. in San Diego, mm-hmm. and he brought the family up to, I guess they were Mason Rudolph. I mean, they were from Texas, I think. So that, they must have been fans from his college days. Yeah, I mean, it's it's wasn't that isn't that the Red River Shootout, or don't they have some big game when Oklahoma State? I don't think it's the Red River Shootout, but it's when Oklahoma State plays Texas schools. So it could be. I imagine it's one of those things like everyone in the town is a different fan at a different team, so maybe they remember him from that. All right. Well, it, I mean, know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just like I mean, people are weird. You know, once you get outside of Pittsburgh, people pick their alliances strangely. That's something I've learned since I moved to Los Angeles. I, you know, I I don't, I don't know anyone who's if you said who your favorite Steeler is and they picked a guy who doesn't even dress. Yeah, that that that, that, that is like, oh, okay, this person just wants to talk about this. That's a good point. Like, like my like favorite Steeler is Calvin Austin the third. Right. Is it? Like my favorite Steeler is well, we have seen those tweets. Though. Mark Mark <laughs> Robinson. I think some people's favorite Steeler is Mark Robinson. Um. <laughs> But he's, you know, he's doing work. Mason's Rudolph. Yes. It's oh, just, oh, Rudolph was always a class guy. It's, mean, well, you know, he's doing the ultimate Matthew Broderick. I think this is Mason Rudolph's year off. You know, right, right. Well, like, it, who was it said that Rudolph told him basically off the record? Like, I think I could have had a year like Geno Smith. Was that Carvalho? Somebody oh, said that. Somebody mm. said that. At, uh, I mean, but I imagine, yeah, every third string quarterback that started a game before said that same thing this year. Like, I could have been Geno. Like, oh, man, that was, you know, it's a thing. Like, he, yeah, oh, mm. We can't speculate and recollect. I know we can't, but I, you know, I wonder. Sometimes I wonder. Let's talk AB. Let's talk okay. AB mm-hmm. at Steelers Network. Steelers Network. Antonio Brown appears to be reminiscing of his Steelers days, and specifically Big Ben on his Snapchat story. He he posted the text between between him and Ben, and I don't know exactly what the situation was, but the quote from Ben I love. This is it from Ben's text. We are the greatest of all time, and I really believe that. And and if he really believes it, then I'm starting to really believe that. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe Ben to AB was just as good as, you know, Montana to, to Rice or uh, it was not the same sample size. But damn it, if if, if Ben believes it, then I'm going to believe it. Well, I, you know, I, AB believes it. Well, no, AB 100% believes it. I mean, and, and, I mean, the only things I thought about that, other than the fact that it made me deeply, deeply sad on multiple levels, was that um, I, I, I did we ever get confirmation as like what era around these were sent? Like if they're like, you know, the week after losing Super Bowl 45 or uh, uh, is it, you know, I mean, I know you had a theory that made a lot of sense to me which was it was after the game against the Broncos yeah the last year that AB played for the Steelers when there was a lot of consternation and play at the end of the game the end zone pick yeah or was it it a pick or just not a drop I I, I can't remember but it was something that was you know Ben blamed AB and AB blamed Ben and then Ben had that radio show which might not have been the best idea at the time and da 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 you know but how come his radio show is wasn't half as good as his podcast I know they're drinking beer on this podcast well I mean it's it's it's, I I think as much I mean I don't know there's you know there's a million different reasons I mean maybe you know that was early in the morning i don't know when they recorded it i yeah. mean there's a difference between here's my comedian friend i picked up from wherever it is ben finds these people versus here i am with my good buddy ron cook i mean it you know <laughs> I, I i don't know that's it's and also too i think well i think also too you get a little bit back to um and this will get to what my other point i want to make about these texts is that the, i'm sure ben himself is infinitely more comfortable now not yeah being in that locker you know to, to speak his mind a bit more in two and that's when ben says we are the greatest of all time it could be that ben believes that it could also be that hey ben understands that I'm a leader and I'm managing the uh, egos and of the men around me and it's I'm sure by whatever point this was in a relationship Ben knew how you had to deal with AB yeah 
Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's. Yeah, can we get some, uh, you know, experience points for Tomlin and Ben for having to, you know, the oh years yeah. AD? I mean, that's that. You're gonna talk about trying to, you know, put out a fire in a moving train, and, um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's it's the opposite of what you used to say about Joe Hayden. Like, if you don't know who the AB is at your office, you might be the AB. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's give let's give the final word to AB. Come on, mm-hmm. at AB eighty four AB. One thing about Big Ben, he would give me a chance in double coverage. These cues now going through too much progression. I just, I mean, I love the fact it's it, it's almost kind of calling out Ben. Like, yeah, he threw into double coverage on me. It's and then the fact that well, oftentimes it worked. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, and it's and it's again, and it's also you know you can't help but think of the later years where it's like okay, I mean, I just you know it, coming up in the holiday season, thinking about you know that game against the Ravens, like okay, Ben decided to go to AB and double coverage as opposed to like uh, Eli Rogers, Kobe Hamilton. I mean, what you know it? Uh, who else was? I mean, it's it's those guys might be open. AB's in double coverage. I'm playing the odds on this. At, uh, the old gunslinger, sure. If, I mean, if Kenny or Mitch were thrown into double coverage, you, no one would hear the end of it. It would just right. be. You know. And that was even something I wanted to talk about last week. Too is that how much how much of throwing into double coverage, whether it's batted away or is it? Say you throw to double coverage and the guy catches it. Is that a turnover worthy play? Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's a thirty yard gain, but you throw it through two dudes. Like, yeah, should have been should have been picked. Should have mm-hmm. been should the should have couldas. There you go. Oh, is there anything else worth talking about? That's what we've been talking about. No, I guess not. Can we hit the? Can we hit some of the music? <laughs> Gosh, none of the music ever wants to play. There we go. There it is. All right. Um, I, I, you know, I found a, a poignant thing. It's not Please. even sports related, but Please. I'll give, you know, at at Corey Mascara. I found a monk on Twitter of all oh. places. You know, you don't find your ground by looking for stability. You mm. find your ground by relaxing into instability. Mm. If there's any, if there's ever been a time of instability as a Steeler fan, it's got to be, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, he, and this guy goes on, you know, wh- what you hate most in others is usually what you hate most in yourself. So think about that when you're tweeting, you know, fire Canada, or, you know, it's like, what, what, what does that say about you? What, what do you hate so much about others and specifically, you know, the offensive coordinator that, to, that reflects into yourself? You know, is it, is it that you don't have control over the things that you love, much like Matt Canada doesn't seem to have the control? I don't know. How are you calling the plays of your own life? Exactly. What is it in your day that you're running on second and ten? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, where? Yeah, what are you when you're third and twenty-five in life? <laughs> what do you do? Do you just pack it in and punt and yeah. punt it away on third? That's what I do. I sometimes just put the covers over my head, punt it away on third. On Monday and, uh, morning, do you find yourself shovel passing to Zach Gentry? I look. Oh, we didn't get into that. Place. I know. I, I was. I was trying to. Th- I was trying to keep the ta- the Canada thing going about how you could mess up your own life in Canada. But yes, I didn't hate that play. I didn't hate the flea flicker either. I didn't work out, but I didn't hate the play call. Mm-hmm. But um, we we look. That, you know, we should have done that in the first half hour. Well, I mean, it, it is Thanksgiving. Next week, we have a special. I got a special guest for next week. Hey. The uh, you know. Um, Carlton Hasselrig, uh, the late Steelers freak mm-hmm. athlete, his family's been trying to get, you know, money from this the CTE settlement. And I talked to. There's been a new doc about him. I talked to the correspondent behind this doc, and we'll get you that sound next week. It's um, it's you know, it's it's, it's a little off the field, but I, I think it was very very moving. It's something we're talking about. It's what we're talking about there at you least. Go. If you want to keep talking with us on Twitter. 
Uh, where can we find you on the internet, oh, Greg? Uh, at Greg Benevent, B as in boy, E-N-E, V as in Victor, E-N-T, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Kyle Kreiss. I'm... I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm kind of just like, I'm really more of a lurker. Yeah, um, I concur. Me too. Um, I'm on TikTok. Hey. Um, I don't know. I'm starting to look into some, you know, because Twitter seems to be going away. So right, it's, is it's, it Mastodon? Is it, what's the other one I got now? A post I've heard some people talk post, about, but I haven't checked out. Mastodon. Uh, the one that I see people on is Hive. Oh, I don't know. I've I haven't, I'm not, yet. I haven't started yet, but yeah. Um, just text me. Do you have my number? Right. Text me. I don't know. <laughs> Shoot us an email. Ah, right. So enjoy your Thanksgiving, or if you're listening to this six months later, I hope you know. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving last year. <laughs> All right. Until next week, keep listening to what Coach has to say. Be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school. <laughs> <laughs>